Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Info Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Pork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. And we are uh, kicking it here, man, this offseason on this wonderful Labor Day. Uh, we pounded a few brewskis, uh, Trey, and uh, had a little cookout with the family. Uh, Mi familia. We are, uh, I am back home in Illinois, so, of course, get to see them. And uh, it was a good time, man. All the little cousins were playing together. Uh, it was just a glorious time. But uh, happy Labor Day to everybody out there. I uh, hope you had a good one. I hope you're uh, not dragging too much uh, ASS there uh, on your first day back at work. Uh, but you might be, but that's okay. We're going to bring you through it to here for the next uh, 30 or 45 minutes here. Um, but speaking of Labor Day, Trey, I was actually just thinking as we were kicking this up here, there's this whole concept now, right? And I'm sure you've seen it on social media and whatnot of, uh, of quiet quitting, right? Where it's like, hey, you sit and kind of just do your job as it's outlined and not anything more. And so that got me thinking, like, in of the Bulls now and and in the past, are there any Bulls players that you think were kind of going through the motions here and just kind of quiet quitting on the Bulls? Because that's something you see in basketball a lot, right? Where, like, NBA players just, like, kind of give the bare minimum effort. Well, I'm going to push back on that. I a quiet quitter to me is just someone that is, is doing what they were asked to do. Yeah. Um, so to me, the first person I thought of as a quiet quitter, uh, so to speak, was Dennis Rodman. We asked mm. the dude to come in and get rebounds. And mm. the dude came in, played defense, got rebounds, did exactly what was asked of him, absolutely nothing more. And that's that's what he did. Um, Tosh <laughs> Gibson was the second guy that comes came to mind, uh, still doing it. I'm pretty sure he's still going to be in the league as a Knicks player, simply because he showed up, did his job, didn't do more than he was asked of, and went home. Well, hey, there you go. Hey, if you are celebrating Labor Day and, you know, having all that, uh, and you don't support the players here in this players versus owners constant battle, uh, what are you doing, first of all? You are obviously drastically uh, in the wrong there, but uh, but that's okay. We're going to set you right. Uh, labor is obviously – labor unions are, are big in Chicago area, uh, back from the meat packers. Uh, so it's a big union, union type of uh, place. So uh, we, we celebrated it big here tonight. But uh, anyways, uh, the first guy that comes to my mind as far as like a quiet critter goes, and I have kind of a different connotation, I guess. Not that they're necessarily – I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I get it. They're well, doing uncle, a job. That's, that's what they want you to do. They, they want right. you to think if you, if you don't come in and do more than you're asked, then, then you should, you're thought of negatively. But okay. Right. So given given that negative connotation of it, who is it that you you think so, yeah. comes in and doesn't even put in the effort that should be expected of them? So yeah, given a little bit more of a negative connotation, I, I the first point guy that came to my mind was uh, was Jalen Rose, and that was like the end of his career here in, in Chicago. Like that dude, like he was skilled, but like he was just like there, that team was just so bad that there was no reason for him to put forth an effort. And like I just remember watching games where he would just like flail half the game and like ask for fouls. And I was like, this is not fun to watch. It wasn't fun for me to watch. So <laughs> that was the epitome of the uh, he called it the keep getting them checks. Yeah, and he, he was getting them checks in Chicago. And that's what I mean, man. Doing the bare minimum is just showing up. Hey, man, he was playing basketball. He was he was playing okay, right? He was uh, he was doing okay, but uh, but no, he wasn't really like trying to win games because it just was impossible. Uh, like, why, why kill yourself to try to win games? So. Well, let's uh, let's go with the obvious then. They don't play us. They don't pay us to play defense. And and hometown <laughs> hero Jabari Parker uh, was the first guy that comes to mind for that one. That's Anytime awesome. he was out there, it definitely just seemed like he was going through the motions. So that's, that, that's the first guy that comes to mind, to mind for me. 
That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw here's another guy just popped in my on my, my mind here is uh, Mr. Eddie Curry and I love Eddie Curry. Don't get me wrong, I love that guy, but man, I just don't feel like he gave the effort to become a better player uh, in the NBA. And then of course he had that that horrible heart condition that had to you know cut his career short. Uh, he was a very talented guy. I remember actually watching him in high school because obviously I grew up in the Chicago area. Uh, he went to I believe Thornwood High School. I, I believe it was. And uh, and that guy was just a beast in high school. But uh, but yeah, I feel like he just showed up and kind of just did what he knew how to do and never really gave any effort into improving. So, uh, yeah, just a little Labor Day special segment there for you on, on the Bulls uh, at, on this Labor Day. But uh, obviously, we've got some big Bulls news here for you today, guys. Uh, a couple of big things have dropped that we haven't discussed yet, which. Uh, we're definitely going to get to. But listeners, please take a moment to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it down. If I do sound like I'm in like a, uh, a tin can, I apologize. I'm, I'm broadcasting currently from my brother's garage, <laughs> which is where I'll probably be doing it for the next month or so. But hey. We put an offer on a house tray, and uh, and uh, it's been accepted. So, uh, you know, hopefully that all turns out okay, and we're able to move in there and uh, and all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, I can't wait to get into my own place and have a little bit more consistency, uh, so we can get these shows out to you guys a little faster here. But yeah, the big news here: Lonzo Ball. Um, he may not be ready for the start of the regular season. He's expected to miss training camp. Uh, currently doubtful for the start of the regular season because of lingering pain and discomfort following meniscus surgery on his left knee in January. And that's according to ESPN, Trey. Uh, and, you know, it, it's obviously a credible source. It's not good news. Um, this is probably the worst case scenario for Bulls fans. It just, it's really good. I mean, I think it's, it hasn't hit me quite yet because the season has started, but this is a huge loss for the Bulls, right? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, you want him to be healthy going into the season after having so much time off. And I think the thing that really is bothering me the most about it is he's had all this time off. And what happens with him still not being right when he ramps up? Does that mean they're going to have to go in and do another procedure? And if that's the case, is he going to miss you know an entire another season when – if we'd gotten lucky, maybe he could, maybe he could have gotten that done earlier rather than if he doesn't get that done till you know maybe mid season or towards the beginning of the season. So for me, it's never been about Lonzo being available at the beginning of the season. It's always been about him being available for for like the last. I want him to say play twenty eight of the last forty games. If yeah, he could, if yeah. he could play that, I would be happy. And, and the biggest thing is being healthy in the playoffs, right? I mean, this is – we project to be a playoff team. Uh, I definitely do. Uh, I have a little friendly wager out there with the host of the Ethos Boston Celtics uh, podcast. 
And uh, I said that the Bulls are going to be a top six team in the East. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next segment here with Donovan Mitchell. Or, yeah, Donovan Mitchell. But, uh, but yeah, we project this to be a playoff team, Trey. So I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Lonzo's healthy for the playoffs. And he's healthy for that for that home stretch like you're talking about. Um, it is very – I mean, I, you know, I, obviously I just moved back home. I'm talking to a lot of my family members who are all dire Bulls fans just like me. And it is very worrying for myself and for everyone in my family that I've talked to that, you know, it just seems that his knee just isn't responding after the surgery. And it's been a long time, man. This was what something that was projected to have. uh, I remember what the original timeline was. It was like six to eight weeks. I think it was um, something along those lines. It's supposed to be a really quick turnaround. And now we're, you know, nearing on uh, at this point, if he doesn't open the season with us, it'll be, you know, close to a year uh, until this guy gets back to the floor. And so you have to wonder, you know, does that speak to something that's more, you know, structurally wrong with his knee? Or do you think that that's something that it's just they're just playing it safe? What do you, what do you I mean, because he, he's missed a lot of time. In his, in his career. I mean, they're not playing it safe at this stage. It, when you have an injury where you're supposed to be back at a maximum, the, the far out, you know, the, the longest was eight weeks. When you have an injury that's supposed to be eight weeks, there's no way they're playing it safe at this stage. It is, it's an ongoing concern, and it, it's something that I think we, I think me, you, a lot of the the smart Bulls fans agree that Lonzo is kind of the one of the key cogs that makes everything on this team run. If if he's not available, and he's going to continue to just always be a question, I. I think it's really hard to see this team being able to get to those that that quality that we think they can get to that championship quality we think they can get to. Yeah, I mean Lonzo is uh, only 24 years old and he's got to be considered one of the building blocks of this team. But if you're building your team and one of your building blocks is a guy that like you said you can't rely on more than, you know, 50% of the time. It's like 50-50 whether he'll play or not. It's just not a good building block to have, right? So um, so it is really concerning. I hope, you know, like you said, he plays a lot of games down the stretch. I'm hoping to see him play 55 to 60 games this season, even if he doesn't start the season, which is, I think, wishful thinking, honestly. Uh, I think we're probably looking more of like the 45 to 50 game range. So if you're a fantasy player out there, that's something to take note of. Uh, you may not want to draft this guy uh, anywhere, honestly. He's just too much risk. But, um, but yeah... It, it's just it's a tough blow. Like you said, Trey, I think this is a guy that really is key to getting the Bulls out in the transition. He's really key to the, what they want to do defensively. Um, we've talked on this program ad nauseum about his impact on the, on the basketball game. And, you know, without Lonzo, I mean, who do we have slotting in there, right? Who's going to be playing? And we, we talked a little bit about this in our last episode, um, but that was before we got this Lonzo news. So. I mean, you, you think Caruso is the guy that's going to slot into that starting role uh, without Lonzo at the start of the season? I mean, I was going to ask you if it was Goron or Io. I didn't. Mm. I still kind of expect Caruso to come off the bench. I, I just, I didn't see. I don't see enough from Caruso as the on-ball point guard creator that I think Lonzo ideally is for this team. I know Demar and Zach are the main ball handlers, but. I think Chicago, I think the offense would really like to have an actual point guard to kind of get the offensive run, get the offense running, maybe run a set or two, and then maybe, and then have DeMar and Zach 
takeover with, say, 12 seconds left on the shot clock instead of 17. But so to me, I, I don't even think it's Russo. I think it's between Io and Guan. And for me personally, it, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't see the practices. I don't see all the stuff they're doing. So I, whichever players they think is going to do, get the team off to the best start is who I want to start, what, no matter who that is. But mm. I mean, it, it's hard to not have a soft spot for Io. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, he's, you know, local kid. You gotta, you gotta have a little bit of sauce ball for him. But um, yeah, I think Io. I think you're right. Io's probably the guy that starts slots into that. Um, they, they have started Crusoe at that point guard spot before. Um, I do tend to agree. I mean, definitely on the offensive side, he's not the initiator uh, that Lonzo Ball is, and you know, maybe not even initiator isn't the right word. Uh, he, he do, you, have- do you remember last year me and you having conversations about Io being a Maybe being a better half court mm-hmm. creator for, playmaker for, than I remember talking about for Vucevic specifically. Yeah, for yeah, I was going to say especially for Vucevic. So to yeah. me, when I say Io, I think a lot of that is they want Vuce to succeed, and I think Io had some chemistry with Vuce that mm-hmm. that maybe is something they can revisit. I do think Io starts. I do think that is the, the, the what's going to happen here. Um, as I've said before, I'm not super duper convinced that he's going to be, you know, the best long-term solution at point guard. I think that that makes, you know, this makes this season, upcoming season, like super duper important for Ayodesuma because he is on a contract that's expiring and the Bulls are going to have to pay him uh, after this, or they're going to have to let him walk and let some other team pay him. So this is a huge, uh, you know, where, where one domino falls that, that just creates opportunity for somebody else on the team. And this has got to be a huge, one of the, this, the biggest uh, opportunity for Ayo in his young career uh, to show out and really show everybody exactly what he can do. And if he can be that guy and Hey man, if he happens to be that guy and he shows me that I am all for it, man. I, I love the kid just as a person uh, and as a player. Uh, I just, you know, I have some reservations, uh, just some, just some, some, some stuff I don't necessarily think looks like a point guard to me necessarily, or at least a starting caliber point guard at the NBA level. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's gonna prove me wrong. He's proved people wrong plenty of times in the past. <laughs> um, but Speaking yeah. of being proven wrong, did anyone, did anyone other than Jay Kyle Mann see the the Cavs being the team to trade for Donovan Mitchell? That was a big surprise to me when I opened up my Twitter that morning and saw, you know, Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. I said, what? Uh, I think the Knicks blew it, man. And I hate to, I hate to pile on the Knicks because every like national media outlets doing that. I know Stephen A went on a rant, you know, that was like, uh, they never get it done in New York, never get it done. And uh, I think it's true. I think it's true here because the Knicks really, it was their trade to lose. Um, now, now, I'm conflicted about what they were offering and what they were going to give up to get Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if that would have put them over the top to be contenders. So maybe they made a smart choice here, but um, I do think that the Cavs just kind of swooped in because the Knicks walked away and the Cavs offered a pretty, pretty decent package. So if you guys haven't heard uh, you've been living on the rock for the last three, four days, uh, Donovan Mitchell went to the Cavs in exchange for Larry Markkinen, uh, Ochi, 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 and uh, and uh, Colin Sexton and three first round picks and two pick swaps. So um, pretty good boatload of, of you know collateral there for Donovan Mitchell for a rebuilding team. Uh, I thought the Knicks you know offer was better. I heard that they were offering Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett in a package as long as well as you know 
three or four picks, but those picks were had protections on them. I don't know. I, I think it was a pretty decent offer, but in the end, I think it's a, a good a good deal for both teams. Now, the question that we have to answer is, Trey, does that make the Cavs better than the Bulls? And that's going to be what we have to talk well, about. Well, before here. I answer that question, yeah. can I yeah. actually push back on the Knicks being the team that I I look at and say, man, I think they're the ones who dropped the ball here. Mm-hmm. Every you're right. Everyone is talking bad about the Knicks, but you just said the Knicks offered Mitchell Robinson, they offered R.J. Barrett, they offered Toppin and all these picks, and they offered that at the very beginning. And Utah mm-hmm. said no. I don't think Utah got a better deal out of this. I love the team that Cleveland built, and I think those picks that they got, the value that they have, aren't. N- in any anything close to in comparison as to if you were able to ransack the New York Knicks, like you mentioned, and to get all those unprotected picks, I think the Jazz are actually the team that missed the boat on this one. Well, but, that was the problem, though, is that they wouldn't they wouldn't take the protections off the pick. So say so say they were offering those trade, but they were top twenty protected or something like that, like. Then they're not, you know, converting necessarily unless they're in you know, 26. I, oh, I thought I saw in the report that they were that the, they were maybe, lightly maybe. protected. Maybe, maybe I, I could have missed. But I could have missed that. I could have missed that. Go ahead. Still, even even so, I even if the picks were say top four protected or even lottery protected, mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson is still a better haul than what they got from Cleveland, in my opinion. But to bring it back to the Cavaliers. I love what the Cavaliers have done. I am, I'm all in on it, and I hate to say it, I've got the Cavs finishing with a better record than the Bulls now this year. That's going to make my bet with uh, with our sports ethos uh, Celtics guys a lot harder there. Because if you think about it, so, so my bet with him, just to kind of clarify with you guys, if you haven't seen it on Twitter, uh, definitely follow our uh, account here at Ethos Bulls, and you'll see all this good stuff. But um, we had a little back and forth on Twitter, and, you know, kind of in the heat of the moment, uh, I was kind of just pushing back on him because he was saying um, – it, it was a tweet about the best starting fives in the East, and they had everybody on there. But the Bulls, of course – and so I said, uh, you know, Alonzo, Levine, uh, DeMar, Patrick Williams, Vucevic is greater than all of these. And, and uh, you know, he kind of pushed back and said, we're not talking about playing teams. And so I said, uh, you know, how much you want to bet on this? You know, let's go. And uh, and so anyway, so I have the Bulls finishing as a top six team uh, at the end of the season. But that's going to be difficult now, Trey, especially if you say that the Cavs are better because you've got the you've you've got the uh, Sixers, right? Sixers are probably going to be better than the Bulls. There's no doubt about that. You got the Heat. I think the Heat will probably be better than the Bulls. I don't. Oh, think see, I've either. got the Bulls. I've got the Bulls finishing better than the Heat. We I said that last year. We said that last year, and it didn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time fading those. I, I don't know if I still do, but if I'm trying, if I'm trying to get like, if I'm trying to put the Bulls yeah. into the playoffs, yeah. I I like them finishing with a better record than the Heat than the Caps this year. Which I just wanted to go on record having some Heat hater in my <laughs> system. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll we'll say okay, we'll we'll toss out these. Sixers are better, Bucks are better, right? Um, we we've got the Celtics, they're better. If you say the Cavs are better, that's four right there. So that means the Bulls would be a top five at best, right? And, my, and, and that's not including the Nets, who I yeah, the Nets. Who I really, yeah. I really think why why wouldn't the Nets be good this year? Right. Why why like I know everyone's like oh well the vibes can be off everybody. Kyrie's in a contract here. Mm-hmm. Durant stuck there for four years. Steve Nash is obviously coaching for a job. The GM is obviously playing for his job. They've surrounded Ben Simmons with two of 
or wait, really, you've got Seth Curry, you've got Joe Harris, and you've got Kevin Durant. Three of probably the ten best shooters. Like, I think the Nets are clearly better. Um, like you yeah. said, I, you can excuse the Cavs. You can say Cavs or Heat. But the Raptors are good too. There's a lot of quality teams in the East. It's going to be hard. We're not even talking about yeah. We're not even talking about the other team that made a big splash this offseason, the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they've got Dejounte Murray next to Trey Young now, and so who knows where they end up? I mean, that could be a top five or six team, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> you're not no. buying that one. Not buying that one. Huh? No, but I'll, we'll do. We who do we say? 76ers, Bucks, Celtics, Nets. That's four right there. Yeah. So Cavs, Cavs, Heat. Boom, that's yeah. six. You're looking yeah. at a play-in. There, there, there's going to be a lot of teams in that five through eight, nine, ten, um, you know, range that are just going to be vying for position. So it's going to be a, a really competitive season. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> Excuse me, most definitely. Um, and hey, I'll even throw the mix out there, man. I mean, I, I talk smack about them, but I do think Jalen Brunson does make them better. Uh, now, whether or not you think that the the contract they got was an overpay. Um, I can't really argue with you there. I think I think it is. I think he's not necessarily worth that much money, but it doesn't matter, man. I think he still does make them better. They've had haven't had a point guard there in in years, and uh, and now they've got a pretty darn good one in Jalen Brunson. And you know he does have his faults, but um, but I think that he has a very decent game. He's going to make that team better. So um, they'll be in the mix too, Trey. Uh, and, and if they finish above the Bulls. I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't be like super surprised because something you know, could happen and the Bulls just, you know, drop an extra, you know, four or five games in the season. And if if we sudden, were still doing a betting show, I would be hammering that buzzer <laughs> and just saying the Knicks are going to be trash again. I have the, their, their over under was 39 and a half. I've got them doing the under. I do actually have them as my 10th best team in the East. So I do have them as a play in team, but I don't. This idea of them being considered a serious that are even, even in the same class as the Bulls, I just don't see it. Well, even without Lonzo, I don't think they're in the same class as the Bulls. I'll tell you that uh, my my Patrick Williams most improved player bet from uh, a, a week ago or whatever we last recorded which was plus fifty five hundred. It's now plus forty five hundred. So people are catching on, man. They're catching on. I'm getting some value here. Uh, it was actually plus six thousand bet MGM, but I didn't have any free bets on there, so I didn't put it on there. But uh, we did get a little bit of a Patrick Williams kind of, a, I wouldn't call it an update, but just kind of a, a muscle watch kind of update here on Patrick Williams. And that was from Casey Johnson. Uh, no, sorry, this was from Joe Cowley. Uh, not necessarily, not Casey Johnson, a, a much less likable guy. But anyways, Joe Cowley, you know, Chicago Sometimes, the uh, the Bulls are hoping to receive a big jump in production from Patrick Williams. And uh, I, I think this kid could do it, man. I really do. Um, here's a quote here. With him, when somebody's asking what he needs to improve, I think his skill set's pretty complete. What he can do athletically, not a lot of players can do in our league. Bulls VP of Basketball Operations, Arturis Kurnosovas, said, I just think the biggest thing for him is experience and confidence. He's committed, so we'll see what happens. Um, I agree, man. I think I think this kid's got a lot of talent in him. I think you, know, you and I have both been on that uh, from the start. He's had some really bad luck with injuries. And he's had some, I wouldn't say bad luck, but some difficulty adjusting to the Bulls just really changing things up from year you know, one to year two. I mean, they changed like the entire roster. So uh, it's a really difficult thing for a rookie uh, essentially to come in and, you know, and adjust to that. And, you know, he missed so much time that I still considered him a rookie last year. I think this is essentially basically his, his second year in the league, if you're asking me. And he's uh, 21 years old, but I, I think that this guy – still has high sky high potential. And I think if he does make that jump tray, 
that, you know, it's going to help us to alleviate any Lonzo ball issues that we have. I mean, Lonzo is still going to be the, the key to the engine that makes us go. But if you've got an, a four out there that can be as versatile on defense as Patrick Williams can be, and he's a scorer, that probably elevates us, right, and, and gives us a higher ceiling. Yeah, Patrick Williams coming through is – I mean, that, that's been the, the case from the get-go. We need – we want a healthy Lonzo going into the playoffs, and we want Patrick Williams to have a huge season, take that jump. We, I loved your bet when you, when you brought it up the last time we talked, and – Part of me wonders if this might uh, hamper Patrick Williams a little bit because Lonzo is such a great playmaker. You're just kind of taking that off the floor. And we love Patrick Williams. He he loves basketball. He always wants to get better. And he is dedicated to his craft, but he's definitely the second banana. He's a second player. He's not the alpha on the court who's going to – He's not going to have the 25% usage rate no matter what because he's taking over the game. And so for me, I just – I hope that the offensive the offense is creative enough to get him involved without having someone as creative as Lonzo out there to get him involved because the best playmakers, the best point guards, they're the ones who can get their guys going. It's like Chris Paul getting Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton going in Phoenix. We need – Maybe Patrick Williams, especially early in his career, he might need that little bit of help to get going. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he's just going to really take that Kawhi, you know, role and go f- straight into score. But for me, this almost hurts Patrick Williams a little more. And I'm going to focus on that, the defense, the being able to help and where he can find the flashes between Zach and Damar. So let me let me tell you this. And brother Brandon, who we had on last show, also uh, he would never get this combative on on our show. Unfortunately, someday if we keep having a mantra, someday he's going to show his true colors and, and be that, uh, that opinionated a hole that I know he is. But uh, we were sitting around talking. Uh, I think it was a couple nights ago, and he was telling me that he wants uh, Patrick Williams. He wants Javante Green to start, and Patrick Williams to call off the bench so he could be our sixth man. Because you know we're not going to have Kobe White as our sixth man because we're trading Kobe White, obviously. Uh, this is his words, not mine. This is not something I believe. This is, this is basically what he was telling me. And so Patrick Williams is going to be basically our six man, our score leading scorer off the bench. And, um, I'm not going to tell you my thoughts just yet, Trey. Let me, let me get your initial reaction to this, uh, this theory. You know, I love brother Brandon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's great. (laughs) Which is why I will not slander the man while he is not here. (laughs) So I will just choose to not say anything at all because I'm not supposed to say things if they're not nice. <laughs> well, let me say um, we were looking because I was uh, as we were talking, of course, you know, you know me. Uh, I had my computer in front of me and I was looking up stats and advanced statistics and everything and, and like shooting them at him and saying, this is who you want as your guy getting, you know, 35 percent usage off the bench or whatever. And uh, the answer, the short answer is no, no, that's not that's not Patrick Williams' role. What you just said, Trey, I, I agree with you. That just made me think of it, though. Um, that's just not the guy he's going to be. Um, we saw the I don't, Actually, I'm going to give Brother Brandon a little bit of love here. I don't want Patrick Williams coming off the bench. Uh-huh. However, if you told me at the end of the season and you looked up, say, the minutes when Patrick Williams was on the floor and it was just one of Zach or DeMar, if he could get his usage rate up to close to 20%, 
25 percent that would i would really like that and like i know you brought that'd up that'd be a big jump so so when he when he's out there with both of them no i don't expect it to be that high but if we could when he is playing in those backup minute roles playing with bench play other you know with bench players i really would like to see that usage rate jump up like that well it was part of a bigger discussion and, he, and it was a good point of his was that you know our bench i mean if you look at our bench who's going off that bench it is a good question for us Something that we need to answer. So it's something we'll address right now, right now here on the show. And uh, obviously we've got Kobe White. I think you know you and I both agree that he still has a role on this team because we need that scoring so much. And he is a guy that's capable of coming in and giving you 20 off the bench. But uh, but he, you know there are many reservations as far as Kobe White goes. So like let's assume Kobe White's not here. Who else, Trey, on that second unit is scoring? I mean you've got Caruso, not a scorer. You've got you know Drummond. Not really a, a, a great scorer. Gordon is Dragic? he Goron considered like is he is he considered off the bench? Because I love him coming off the bench. We watched him in Miami. He's a he's a great playmaker. He's great at running an offense. I think him and Caruso will be excellent together. He'll be able to get Caruso some looks. So to me, I think Goron is where that offense comes in and off the bench. I think he's able to playmake. He's able he can score. We've seen that a little bit. Um, in the international play and just, you know, over the course of his NBA career. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll be able to score and be able to play, especially if it's against second units. That's the key thing for me. Him being out there, he's such a smart player. If you have him in there against the backups, he's going to find the cracks in the defense, and he will be able to exploit them. And that's something, you're right, the Bulls did, they didn't seem to have last year. You know, um, Utah Jazz are blowing it up, and Jordan Clarkson's still on that roster. Kobe White for Jordan Clarkson at this point, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, Kobe White's a young guy who still has a lot of potential. Uh, I think, he, you know, you're not getting any draft collateral back from Utah Jazz. How about, how about Cam Johnson in Phoenix? I, I do love Cameron Johnson. I don't think they're going to at all get him up. I think they're in love with him, too, because every time I hear you anything. You think Sarver's going to pay that guy? I don't. I think Sarver is cheap. And maybe. And he's not going to want to pay him. I, I, or even Jay Crowder, if if the Suns struggle coming out of the gate in the season, I wouldn't want Jay Crowder. I'd be I, shopping. I, I'd, I'd be looking at that team. Well, I would. I, let me let me put it this way: I do want Jay Crowder, but I don't want him for the role I'm talking about here. I don't want. He's not a he's not a scorer. He's not going to go get you a bucket. He's a guy that can you know he's hit or miss. He'll shoot ten threes. He'll maybe go over ten one game. Trust me, because I bet this guy's lines all the damn time that he's going to go over ten one game and he's going to go you know five for ten the next game. Uh, and and I, I guess the reason I brought. I brought that him up instead of Clarkson is for me, I feel like our team's already so guard heavy. I know mm-hmm. you're, if Kobe's not here, that is one less guard, but even so I, I just, I feel like if we're adding players, if we're trying to add something, I'm trying to add it in that wing position more so than in a guard, in a guard spot. But I, I mean, do love Clarkson. I hate, like, I do love it. It's the perfect role. Like I, I get the fit. It's, I understand what you're saying. It's just, it's, I'm like 85% there, man. I'm just not 100% there. <laughs> I mean, but assuming, you know, uh, assuming that uh, Patrick Williams stays healthy, I think I think the wing position is pretty set, though. I mean, you've got DeMar. Uh, I, I would contend that Io can play the small forward. I think he fits there better, honestly. Um, he can still handle the rock a bit. You've got Javante. You've still got Derek Jones Jr. Um, you know, you've got some wings there. I mean, you've got Dale and Terry now. So you, I think you've got – Wings. I mean, I really don't think I think if I'm adding anybody that's not a, a guard or a scorer, it would be a center on this team. Um, I do 
like the Andre Drummond signing. As I said, I'm coming around to it. You know, I said that last show, so I'm coming around a bit on it. But I still think that there is opportunity to get more of a, I guess, hybrid 5-4 kind of guy uh, that's a big guy that can rebound but also can you know switch on defense a little bit more than like an Andre Drummond can. So uh, that's kind of what I'm adding here. I think we're set at wing, though. I mean, that's that's my pushback there. Um, not that I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't hate if we added a Drake Cotter or something like that. I mean, I, I just I don't want to play six foot four Javante Green at power forward anymore. Like I'm done with it. I don't want Caruso out there at six foot four playing power forward. Like it's I'm just not I, it's not not it for me. I'm done with it. I love small ball. Like I am a big proponent of small ball, but I don't. I don't want super small ball. It's that's just not the Bulls. It's just not in the Bulls' cards if Lonzo's not out there. Fair enough. Uh, Bulls need to push the pace though, which is going to up everybody's stats. And folks, speaking of all that, there's no such thing as a fantasy offseason. Only the pre-draft season here at Sports Ethos. The pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies. Uh, so you can get a jump on your prep, and we'll have incredible stuff for you also <laughs> but only if you're part of our premium member team head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today seriously cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only 5.99 see you there uh i need to update this copy next time we read this ad read because it's talking about uh stuff that's already happened like summer league uh and free agency which we're still technically in, in free agency but anyways uh training yeah. camp's coming up Training camp is coming up. Important dates here. Uh, the, the season is right around the corner, guys. Training camps all start on uh, September 28th, which is a Tuesday. It is now September 5th that we're recording this. By the time you listen, it's probably going to be September 6th. So uh, we're about three weeks away from, you know, real muscle watch season. It's going to be, you know, oh, man, this guy looks great in camp. He's really getting up and down the floor and, and hitting shots and, and all that. So uh, that's something to look forward to. And then we've got, uh, obviously, the preseason starting. Uh, after that, for the Bulls, it's like it's the Pelicans uh, at home, it looks like, on October 4th. Uh, so, man, that is four yeah, four weeks away, just about, I think, somewhere around there. So we are uh, getting down here, man. We're going to start ramping up here and getting this content out to you guys and talking more and more Bulls uh, so that you can be prepared for this season and uh, and help us, uh, you know, break this stuff down. So, um, Trey, what do you – I mean, do you – look forward to training camp season is that something that you like follow intensely do you ever watch because sometimes they broadcast like the practices on nba tv do you ever watch stuff like that not at all (laughs) i i I won't watch i'll watch the game i'll watch a couple preseason games i'll watch a little bit just because i want to i it's it's fun to watch and i've missed the team right but for me i don't don't show me any highlights from it don't show me any I, I don't care until the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. I watch every second that I can. Um, sometimes I do miss some preseason games. I don't feel too badly about it because, like you said, Trey, it's not uh, it's not the end of the world because there's no, really nothing in line for these guys. It's kind of just going through the motions here uh, for most of them. Some people are out to prove something, but they usually have good games because everyone else is just kind of like, okay, whatever, it's a preseason game. Um, so really there's not a whole lot of takeaways you can get from it. But I do like to watch everything. I like just to, just to see stuff and – and uh, make my own, you know, observations so I can try to, you know, be ahead of the curve as far as like, you know, who's coming up on the team and who, what the rotation is going to be and stuff like that. So um, we'll, we'll be on top of it though, and we'll definitely give you guys all the information as it comes. Um, I believe, I don't think I've seen an open bulls session on NBA TV, but I've seen like the Spurs and stuff like that, and uh, it, it's fun. But 
there's just so much that they don't show you in those because you know, why would they show you exactly everything they're working on uh, when the season hasn't even started? So, um, but yeah, anything else you're uh, looking forward to here before the actual season begins? Any anything you've circled on your calendar? I know Bulls Fest just happened. My friends wanted me to come out for that, and uh, I, I didn't make it. I don't know if you saw any pictures from that. It was just a whole. They did like a three-on-three tournament, and Arturis was there, I guess, and there's a bunch of other. Uh, Bulls that were there. I saw Ben Gordon and uh, somebody, oh, Randy Brown were there working with some youth and stuff like that. I did not see, I saw that it was being advertised, but I didn't see anything after the fact. So Mm -hmm. it's really cool to see. I love that the team is starting to get embraced again. Um, Those, the Bulls being the worst team in the league the last five years. It, it just really put a damper on what was just such a prideful group of fans, such a prideful organization. And to see kind of that prestige come back, that how can you be, how can you not love that? So uh, yeah. I don't have anything to add to that, but the Chicago Sky are playing and mm. I'm hoping mm. they can, they can come back. I watched the game the other night and they were able to pull out a four point win. So we still got some Chicago basketball going. I'm going to shamefully say we do have a WNBA uh, guy over uh, at Sports Ethos also, a whole crew, actually. And I am shamed, shamed to say that uh, I haven't watched any Chicago Sky games this season. I did watch them last season in the playoffs. It was a lot of fun. I don't know why I haven't watched this season. Just been busy, obviously. I've been moving across the uh, And you had states. a kid. And I had a kid, so I've got two kids. So uh, You have had a few things going on. Yeah, so, you know, but, uh, but no, I, I should definitely check that out, too. I don't know when the next game is, but, yeah, everyone watch Chicago Sky. Tuesday. So it is tomorrow, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. So if you're listening on Tuesday, it's tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, ESPN2. Go check it out. Watch the sky. Cheer for our girls because uh, they're cheering for the Bulls, I'm sure, whenever the Bulls are playing. So uh, let's return that favor. And uh, it's still it's still great basketball. It was a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, But I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Until next time, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And please, please, again, follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls on Twitter, at Ethos Bulls. And if you are listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can tell us you hate us and we're doing a terrible job and we don't know what we're talking about, and that's fine. Just give us five stars and give us some feedback, and I promise you we will listen to that feedback and try to make our show better because that's all we're concerned about is delivering a great show for all of you wonderful Bulls fans. But until next time, let's go Bulls. Bulls.